What most Americans saw when they watched Rodney King struck 56 times by white policemen, a jury saw differently. Not guilty of the crime of assault by force, likely to produce great bodily injury. Shock quickly turned into anger. The same way I'm angry, you should be angry, you should be angry. And anger turned into violence. Los Angeles on April 29th erupted into what became then the deadliest race riot in the United States. Many people call this the Rodney King riots. And it's very interesting because it does physically begin soon after the no guilty verdicts for the four Los Angeles policemen who had been videotaped beating Rodney King after a motor chase in the county. And with the videotape, the holiday tape, people around the world, even the President of the United States, who was George H.W. Walker Bush at the time, said it was clear that these men were guilty. And now let's talk about the beating of Rodney King. Because beyond the urgent need to restore order is the second issue, the question of justice, whether Rodney King's federal civil rights were violated. What you saw and what I saw in the TV video was revolting. I felt anger. I felt pain. I thought, how can I explain this to my grandchildren? That really was one of the big sparks for the LA riots, which lasted for five days, a billion dollars worth of damage to the city, 55 deaths, um, et cetera, et cetera. But it really was that spark on that day. There was a lot that led up to the LA riots, as we see for all of these events. One of the cases that I was interested in, um, which I think is very significant with regard to the spark for the LA riots, was that which occurred actually only nine days after the Rodney King beating. And that was the murder of Latasha Harlins by Soon Jadu in South Central Los Angeles, which occurred on March 16, 1991. 15-year-old Latasha Harlins was shot and killed by store owner Sue Jadu. Do claim Harlins was stealing a bottle of orange juice when she confronted the teenager. The store security cameras captured the incident on videotape as Harlins repeatedly hits Do, who takes a gun from under the counter. Do claims she accidentally pulled the trigger, killing the teenager. Members of the black community charged the shooting was racially motivated. Do was convicted but served no prison time. The judge in the case, Joyce Carlin, had decided that indeed she wasn't guilty and that, um, that this was what we called a victim-assisted um, victim homicide, or this was something which was caused by the victim. Um, and she sentenced Soon Jadu to no jail time. Now, this was after the probation officer in the case had recommended to the court, that is the judge, that Soon Jadu received 16 years um, in prison, the maximum, because she has shown no remorse. She had demonstrated no remorse in her two interviews um, with a probation officer. And the African-American community and the other communities, many of the other communities in Los Angeles were really incensed by what looked like this act of injustice, not by Soon Jadu, because she has a right to defend herself in, you know, in court, but by the judge. 
You know, it was, they thought, okay, here is a case in which actually the perpetrator is found guilty, but she still does not receive any time. It's not just black. It's not a, uh, this is Hispanic. This is Korean. This is Oriental. And they're not looking for a chance for anything free. Everybody's pissed off. Is this the way to do it? What other way is there? When you go to court, you lose. You have this case, this um, decision coming out dealing with Latasha Hollins, which is a very controversial case that's been watched the entire year from March 16, 1991 to April 20-something, 1992. The same time you have this very controversial case of Rodney King beginning March 1991, going all the way through the court system, again to April 1992, and they kind of collide together. So that on April 29th, which a few days after the California Court of Appeals made the decision in the Latasha Hollins case, we get the Rodney King decision that Kuhn and Powell and the rest of them are not guilty, and that's when you have this explosion. So it's these really two cases that are moving through the court system that the community is very, very aware of that causes this explosion, these two sparks. And you see that Koreatown becomes the site for the most destruction. Koreatown, as well as in South Central, the Korean community shops. So whether you're talking about liquor stores or tire shops or nail shops or hair salons or whatever, they really become victimized and people are shouting along with Rodney King, Latasha, 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 this is for Latasha, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now the backdrop of all of that, of course, is a community that has double digits unemployment, that has difficulty with um, housing and that has had an ongoing, very problematic and troubled relationship with the police department that's been racked to the bone by the crack cocaine epidemic. You know, you've got all these things going on in the community too. And what the community is seeing is a community that's being destroyed in terms of economically, um, in terms of the drug epidemic, in, in terms of gang violence, and they're not being able to get justice in the court system. And then you've got this immigrant community, this vulnerable immigrant community that is there, um, that is earning a living, becoming middle class, moving up to the middle class, not investing in the community because they really hire people from the community. The prices are inflated um, in some instances. And there is a kind of cultural disconnect between the two and hostility and racism on both sides. So these are the ingredients for this kind of urban explosion. I think that overall we've learned very little about what's happened. And when we think about the Black Lives Matter organization, that organization was created in Los Angeles by three women, okay? Even though it was response to Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown and Tamir Rice, and we hear all these cases, but it came out of Los Angeles, and I think that means something. And it was begun by women, okay? One of the things in particular we missed that I try to capture in my book is that women are invested and involved in the criminal justice system. 
And so women on every level, whether or not they're judges, whether or not they're jury members, as in the case of Trayvon Martin, um, whether or not they are perpetrators like Soon Ja Du, um, or this police woman who kicked this black woman to death and was just sentenced in, in Los Angeles, whether or not they are victims, or whether or not they themselves are the criminals. And so we have to look at the role that women play um, in these situations. That's first and foremost. Women are half the population. When we talk about any kind of very difficult social issue, women are half of it, okay? Even though we like to see it as white males, black males, okay? It's the patriarchy the men who have and the men who don't have. This binary is the way in which we like to explain the difficulties with regard to race within our society, the difficulties with regard to the criminal justice system. But that binary does not hold completely. Women are always there. They're mothers, they're sisters, they are all these things, victims and participants, and et cetera, et cetera. Secondarily, our criminal justice system is one that is flawed. And it's just flawed with regard to the ways in which the system has been set up and operates with regard to people who are not in the mainstream. Okay, So it's not just African-Americans and Latinos. and It's people who are not in the mainstream, whether or not you're looking at class, whether or not you're looking at um, sexual orientation, whether or not you're looking at disability um, with regard to mental illness, physical di disabilities, whether or not you're looking at urban versus rural. All these variables, these social variables, and have impact on the way in which our criminal justice system works. And many times people really want to point a finger at the police, okay? But the police are the front line, and they're the public representation of the criminal justice system, but they're just one tiny initial shield, and it is behind them the prosecutors, the defense attorneys, the judges, the juries, the special prosecutors, the penitentiary owner, you know, owners, because a lot of them have become private property. Um, even if we were to look at the school guards, you know, it all works together to create a system that is supposed to be a system of equality under the law as the 14th Amendment really does promise. But our system is flawed, and it's flawed on every level. And I think that's what we have to learn. Now, do I believe that you should throw out the baby with the bathwater? No, I do not. Okay? I'm just like everybody else. I don't want to walk on the street or live in a neighborhood with criminals. Period. But I do want people to be more aware of who is the criminal, what can be done to help the victim and to help the criminal as well so that they can be rehabilitated to become citizens in our country that contribute to our country in some way. This is ABC News Nightline. Reporting from Washington, Ted Koppel. It has already begun turning into another dialogue of the deaf. On the one hand, those to whom the verdict in the Rodney King case confirms yet again the insensitivity, the callousness, the downright racism of the system, capital T, capital S, 
and those on the other hand who view the violence spreading throughout Los Angeles as an expression of sheer lawlessness. One of the reasons why our system has not gotten a lot better since the L.A. riots of 1992 or 1965 is because we as a nation don't want to face the notion that we have some deep flaws within our criminal justice system. And while we have a lot of it is very good, there's some of it that's not good at all. The criminal justice system, unfortunately, has not been something that's been very important to what we see in the presidential election. And so I just wish that, you know, while we're talking about immigration and stopping it and we're talking about religion and getting rid of all of them itself for a few, we could address some of the really important domestic problems we have in our society, which is the problems that we have with our criminal justice system, the problems that we have with our educational system, and the problems that we have with our economy and how they are all connected overlapping and in some ways devastating issues.